Welcome to Elevate Your Event, your go-to podcast for transforming fundraising events. Join us weekly for expert tips and creative ideas to make your next event a standout success. In this week's episode, Lori Mackay, Matt Riley, Stephanie Mason, and Jeff Porter discuss how to enhance your event's impact without breaking the bank. Tune in for essential tips on taking your event to the next level, even with budget constraints. The team also discusses areas where you may need to invest more in order to hit your goals. A must-listen for cost-conscious and practical event planning. Welcome back to the Elevate Your Event podcast, where we talk about all the various ways you can make your next fundraising event better and maybe even more cost-efficient. Not really my wheelhouse talking about (laughs) saving money. For sure. (laughs) But that's what we're going to do today. We, I I think our topic is um, how to elevate your event when cost is a concern. And we understand that, right? Okay, oh, yeah. so oh, let's yeah. uh, let's introduce our um, cast of experts <laughs> that we have in the room here, starting with Lori Mackay. We'll go this way, Matt Riley, and Jeff Porter, and Stephanie Mason. All right, so we had a good, uh, I would say, pre-event, pre-podcast conversation about this because um, you know we always hear that cost is a concern. Right? Why wouldn't cost be a concern? You're a nonprofit, but every business should think that cost is a concern. So, you know, for us, it's like, you know, how maybe we just talk about the various ways that you can maybe step up or elevate your event and not do it in ways that's going to cost you a lot more money, right? Is that kind of what we're thinking about? Yeah, sure. Okay. Let's do it. So anyway, let's go around. We'll have um, everybody kind of share a couple of ideas and then we'll dive into just a little back and forth. So Lori, why don't you go first? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So I think the number one thing that I think about to elevate your event is to elevate your event experience. And that doesn't always require bigger, better food or bigger, better drinks or a bigger, better band or anything like that. That could just be the user or the user, the guest experience as they walk into the event. Are they being welcomed? Are they being told where to go, what to do? Frequently, I've been at events where guests walk in and they literally are just looking around. So, you guys should never be looking. So being around. nice is free. Being <laughs> nice is free. Being yes. nice and being being intentional with your guests doesn't cost anything else. So you put your team up front, you make a welcoming entrance, and then you have a smooth check-in process. That doesn't cost anything to do a smooth check-in process. I love it. Yeah. So that's my first and foremost. <laughs> and in- it does not mean you don't need to serve champagne at the door. You can if you want. But, but you don't have to. But you don't have to. Right. Yeah. But if you're a jerk and you're serving <laughs> champagne, I would go with being nice and not serving champagne. Or just treat? having anyone at the door. Yes. I can't even tell you how many events I work where nobody is at the door. I mean... Just thank them for coming. Yeah. Hey, welcome. I mean, I love it when you have board members and the people that know everybody up at the front, except they can't get a little long-winded. <laughs> Especially yes. when they're in the check-in check line trying to smooth Please don't everyone. slow down check-in. Please, 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 please do not show down, slow down check-in. <laughs> Talk but to be them nice. well before check-in. Yeah, right. mm-hmm. No, I think that's I think it's right on because everybody's always thinking about, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make my event better by spending more money somewhere. Mm-hmm. But... Just make it a better event, right? Yeah. 100% yeah, agree. absolutely. We have a thing at our church, actually, but it's greeting people or welcoming welcoming people from the streets to the seats. Oh. So, That's you know. good. Yeah. <laughs> Tag that one. 
I like yeah, it. <laughs> so from the parking lot, they know where to park. Mm-hmm. There's people showing them. There's people showing them where the entrance is or helping them get there. Once they hit the entrance, there's people welcoming them, showing them where to go for check-in. You know, maybe you have somebody showing them where tables are or whatever your setup is. Mm-hmm. 100% agree. Yeah. Makes total sense. Um, well, let's talk about, let's kind of just chop the event up a little bit. Uh, let's talk about the food. Mm-hmm. Right? So I'm passionate about this one. Yeah. <laughs> In previous hey, hey, podcasts. You, would you like to speak out of turn and go I, next? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying I'm passionate about it. We'll see what y'all say. Well, I was suggesting that maybe you ditch this plated meal, right? And maybe try something different. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say maybe your fancy gala should have food trucks at it. Oh, please. <laughs> Or food stations. Yeah. Yeah. Food stations. All throughout the whole place. Mm-hmm. Anything where, I mean, and and ditch the past hors d'oeuvres. Mm-hmm. You know, which I always, those always crack me up. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. Because everybody who walks around with the past hors d'oeuvres, all they want to do is get rid of the plate. Yes. <laughs> yes. Right? <laughs> and so they're dying for you to eat. Like, can you eat all six of these fried green beans? No, I just want one. <laughs> I'll just take one. Thank you very much. You know, oh, have another one. Oh, you like that one? Have another one. You know, so mm-hmm. I don't think your guests even really love them anyway. I mean, I get it. They might be hungry, but you can even just put something out. But if you got food trucks, you yeah, eat right? what you want. Food trucks. Food on demand. Mm-hmm. Who wants it? Gets and it, it makes you run a show more efficient because yeah. you're not waiting for past plates to be put down and cleaned up and clinking and clackety click. And you don't have to time it and be like, oh, mm-hmm. I got to pick up the salad plate at a certain time and put the entree down so we can do our presentation and bring that up before we do the live auction because dessert's during the live. And it's like, I've seen that try to get coordinated and it's so stressful. Yep. Yeah. And people can try different kinds of food. Like it, they're just not stuck with beef, chicken, or you know, vegetarian, I guess, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like they, um, they can, you know, if you get different kinds of food trucks or depending on what your theme is, you can tie in the food trucks better um, than just kind of your standard yeah. ballroom yeah. catering meal. Mm-hmm. Change out the venue. You know, if you're at a hotel, hotels don't have a lot of flexibility on cost. Maybe try something else. Right, that might be a cheaper venue rental. It might mean more work for you because you might have to find a caterer and you might have to find, you know, different types of entertainment or AV. We get that, mm-hmm. and those might introduce other costs. That's true, but weigh it all out and see. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. hotels are getting expensive. At least I think <laughs> they are. But. Yeah, and I'm kind of done with hotel events. Yeah, hotel events. I'm sorry. <laughs> if you have a hotel event, I, I'm sure it's lovely, but I, it's just not my favorite. Just events. don't invite Lori. It's just, not, <laughs> it's just not my favorite events to attend personally. Yeah. I don't necessarily get super yeah. excited. Like about We've got some podcasts on trends and I think it's trending away from that. And mm-hmm. I'm not here to pick on any of the hotels, but, and I no. think some of them will ultimately kind of change up yeah. their vibe a little bit as well. But I agree with you. Right. And, and so they're, they've been around for a while. It's a reliable place in certain like markets. It's probably the only nice place to have an event, but you know, think outside the box, you know, yeah. maybe you can do it at an outdoor venue, you know, and maybe you have to change the time of the year to support that. But there's a lot of things you can try, you know, that don't force you to have to go back to the hotel. If you feel like the hotel is a big cost center. Cause I don't think your guests is. are going to care. Like, yeah. I mean, I think your guests are there to support you. So, yep. You know, now don't get them wet and don't serve them bad food. But <laughs> <laughs> I've seen both of those. Anyway. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, I think, you know, from a, from a venue perspective, change it up. We talked about the changing up the food, change up the entertainment. We had we just had this big conversation, and again, it's not like we're trying to save money at our Derby event. But last year, we did the Frontman of Country, and it was I mean, it was thirty or forty thousand dollars to bring that band in. And this year, we're bringing in an act who's I mean, ten percent of that price. Yeah. And the, what we decided was sure. I mean, I'm sure our guests liked them. I mean, I I know they had a great time. Was it that much of a great time where they honestly are like only coming to our event to see the concert? No, right? They're coming to our event to support us. Right. And so we tried it. We said, what kind of, you know, fan base or outside kind of new market can we attract with this kind of thing? But when you're running a fundraiser where a table is 5,000 bucks, I mean, then they're there to support you. And then the band is a little bit less of the issue. So we decided this year, we're just going to try something different. We're going to not bring back a super expensive mm-hmm. act, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. I think unless you have a relationship or maybe you can get a, you know, a bargain on a <laughs> name brand act, but other, other than that, I don't, think it's really necessary you know you can probably in your community there's probably some really good local cover bands that fit your donor base and just be done with it people will still have a great time or maybe you don't even have a band maybe you don't have a band. maybe (laughs) no (laughs) just good speakers how about that you could i mean i've been to events where there's yeah i've been events where there's like like, if your your event doesn't like include or incorporate live entertainment, it's fine. I'm just talking about what we did. Right. You know, I'm not suggesting you have a band. <laughs> right. You know, mm-hmm. if your you know, type of event you're doing is not, you know, kind of conducive to that. But, you know, that's one of the areas when you're looking kind of your cost base, like where can we save a little bit of money? Think about what what's really going to drive, A, a better guest experience, which in turn would drive better revenue, and what's not. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about the refreshments. Oh. <laughs> I Gotta mean, know your audience, first of all. Well, I mean, so think about this. Like, in a lot of cases, what we hear from people is, is well, all I can get donated is, like, you know, kind of your standard beer and wine, right? So maybe I'm serving Bud Bud Light, Coors Coors Light, something like that, Mick Ultra. Well, go to a local microbrewery and see what they'll give you, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? So if you want to elevate the types of refreshments you're serving and you don't want to spend any more money on them, you're just going to have to do – you know, I would say a more aggressive, you know, effort to ask. Yeah. You know, some ways that you can get around that is see if they'll do a tasting. Mm-hmm. Right. So, for example, maybe you're serving like at our derby event. We actually serve decent beer, bourbon, but <laughs> but maybe we're serving like just kind of average bourbon. Mm-hmm. But then I bring in a local distillery who's got really fine high end stuff. I let him sell his stuff there, and I let him taste. So I'm not giving it out to everybody because everybody's just getting a little teeny taste, but it elevates the event a little bit because people get to experience that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Yeah. I've also um, been to an event where the bar wasn't an open bar. Mm-hmm. It was a cash bar, but on the tables for dinner, they had the wine on yep. the table. So the wine was included, um, but the bar was a cash bar. And people didn't seem to mind. I still, I still saw plenty of people participating. <laughs> I think that's. I think you're onto something there because I think we always assume I have to make my event have an open bar, 
And maybe what all you can afford in terms of your budget is beer and wine. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's all you get donated and you realize that cocktails get expensive. Mm -hmm. But maybe you have some guests that are annoyed because they hate beer and wine and they want a margarita or something. <laughs> Let them pay for it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I think try it. I mean, if you're like, there's no way I can afford open bar. Not, I can't even afford it in a VIP session. Then just talk to your caterer or whoever's running your bar and say, can you just run a cash bar for mixed drinks and we're going to put beer and wine on the tables? Well, and how often have you been to a wedding where there's a cash bar? You don't go order a drink at a wedding and go, I hate these people more now because I'm paying for my drinks. You still love, you still love the people you came to the event for. The, your people are still going to love you if yes. they have to pay for a drink. Yes. I agree. You know? I don't remember how much I spent at the last wedding I was at. I remember all the speeches. <laughs> all your speeches that you gave. I only had to give one. I mean, yeah, there's been, I mean, I, Especially I, a lot of my friends got married very young and couldn't afford, you know, to have a full on bar. It wasn't until I got older, I was showing up at weddings. I'm like, dude, just got an open bar, <laughs> you know, but that's not like no. the no. norm out there. No. Unless so, you have a Polish wedding. Have you heard what a Polish wedding is? No, I have not. So it was funny. I was talking to a friend of mine and <clears throat> she said, well, you, maybe you guys need to have a Polish wedding. I said, well, what is that? And they said, well, the groom pays for the rehearsal dinner. Okay. And the upgraded liquor. Ooh. <laughs> All right. Like, so I look, I was like, okay, well, my son's getting married soon. Does that mean I have to pay for the upgraded liquor? But, <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> advice to our readers, if you're having a wedding and that's the event you want to elevate, just in you're the parents <laughs> of the bride, you just tell that groom to pay for the better yeah. liquor. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Maybe that's, that's the way to go. Mm -hmm. um, okay. Well, let's, there's, there's some elements, and, and I think one of the things that we always talk about it because obviously we're a software company. We sell. There are certain things that I I do think if you invested more in them mm -hmm. would generate more money. And so while we realize that you're trying to cut costs, sometimes elements that we think are part of more of a profit center shouldn't be cut. Maybe they should be doubled down on or at least increased. And I would say, obviously, mobile bidding software is one of those. Yeah. Absolutely. Tying into what you said when we started, right? Mm -hmm. It provides a good check-in experience for people. It gives you correct donor data uh, so you can actually thank your donors that participate. So, yeah, definitely agree with that. And and you you should use software that's actually going to generate not just a great guest experience, but kind of gamify it a little bit. Mm -hmm. And so when you're looking at these tools out there, it's like, oh, well, this one's like 200 bucks. Well, it doesn't send out an SMS message when they've been outbid, right? It's not easy to get in and out of. The interface is, you know, kind of a little clunky. So did you save some money? Sort of, right? I mean, maybe you could have spent $1,000 more and gotten way better software. Hmm. Well, what's $1,000 at your auction? I mean, probably right. five bids, six bids, right? And so look at and kind of understand like, if I invest more in certain parts of my event, what is that going to get me? I think mobile bidding is one. I actually think a live auctioneer is one. Yes. Uh, totally agree. Oh, yes. <laughs> totally agree. Yes. You're going to do a live auction? Live auctioneer all the way. Yeah. The local news anchor is <laughs> usually not going to cut it. Oh, like. What about the board member who's like, oh, Jim Smith. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We don't know who Jim Smith is. Yeah. yeah. 
They had a board member do a paddle raise once at one event I was at, and she was so touched by the amount of donations, she started to cry. Which like, <laughs> <laughs> is it's, that's great. Oh, it's endearing, but, but I was like, I really like that, ma'am. You have five more levels to get through. He's <laughs> like, thank you so much. <laughs> We're not stopping here, ma'am. <laughs> I get it. You exceeded your goal at the $5,000 level, but we got 2500 coming next, so we need to get going. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I think somebody who's skilled and trained in that area. And look, I know. I get it. It's just no different than mobile bidding software, right? And there's mobile bidding software that, quote, unquote, is free, although it's really not free. <laughs> and then there's mobile bidding software that's a few grand, and you're wondering what's the difference between them. We'll call us and we'll explain it. But but the same with auctioneers, right? There's an yeah. auctioneer who's going to charge you 500 bucks, and then there's an auctioneer that's going to charge you maybe Mm $5,000. And I'm not saying you need to go for the $5,000 auctioneer, but understand what the difference is. Go watch them. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Go to one of their events and watch and say, how how are they going to interact with my crowd? Because they have to be a personality fit with your crowd too. Mm -hmm. Right? But they do make a difference. Absolutely. Yes. Right? And Mm -hmm. so, again, one of those things where it's like, I don't want to just assume that I just need to find the cheapest auctioneer. You shouldn't find the cheapest mobile bidding software. You should definitely not find the cheapest auctioneer. You know, and here's another one that I didn't think about until recently, but we did this event. I'm on the board of the foundation for, sorry, the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And we did an event for two years, a steak and teas, kind of golf and meal dinner. And it was great, right? And it was at a, a kind of a rustic barn, you know, it was kind of the layout. And next year, we're talking about moving this to a very fine steakhouse in Denver. And is there going to be a cost difference? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. There's going to be a cost difference. Okay. Uh, But as we're thinking through it, and again, we haven't finalized all of this yet, but we're thinking, yes, this is going to cost us more. But A, we're going to be able to justify a significant increase in our table price. Right. Because you're going from rustic barn to fine dining steakhouse, mm-hmm. okay? The other thing is, is I think we can invite, you know, kind of a certain type or a different type of clientele to this event and I think gives us the opportunity for maybe more significant donations in our paddle raise. I mean, we're kind of weighing out all the different possibilities. Mm-hmm. And if we just looked at it from a cost standpoint, I'd be like, this is going to be a $20,000 difference. Yeah. You know? But you can cover that hopefully in ticketing and sponsorships. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I think just because of the name recognition, you know, of, of where we might do this and the fact that people are like, I want to go eat there. That sounds mm-hmm. awesome. Mm-hmm. It know? is awesome. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think Lori wants to work that. Up. <laughs> might just want to work it. I probably will work it. <laughs> yeah. Don't give me pizza. Don't give me pizza. <laughs> That's another thing. I think if you're going to feed volunteers, feed them yes. a meal. <laughs> I like you don't have to feed them the fine dining steak, but okay, maybe in this case you would. But but I agree with you. Like there's certain areas of your event you should not cheap out on. You should definitely not cheap out on how you treat your volunteers. Yep. Right. Um, there are things you can drop like at your event. I mean, we've we've talked about a lot of these things like. You know, if you're at a golf tournament, maybe you don't need all this expensive swag. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, um, now I have some guys that run golf tournaments that are going to argue with that and say <laughs> the reason why people come to my golf tournament is because of the swag bag. But that would be why they return. Would, yeah, they well, would return because why, you wouldn't know you were getting a swag bag if it was well, your first time. <laughs> there, 
there's a reputation for it. But here's yeah. the sticky part with that is you better have really expensive foursomes in because where else are you making money? You're going to make money in your sponsorships, okay? Um, and then you're going to make money on, you know, per, on a per golfer basis. And if you're spending all the money you're making on a per golfer basis on, you know, stuff for them, which, hey, look, as a person who attends golf tournaments, fine with me. I'd love it. <laughs> I, I want the nice stuff. You just better have some really good sponsors in. Yeah. To cover that. I, I think people will come back to play around at golf, especially if you – I think the course matters more. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the experience on the course. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's one thing you can lose. You can lose the valet parking. Mm-hmm. You know, I think – You just have most, people out there directing traffic. Yeah. Or, so. you know – have you know volunteers run golf carts yeah honestly i mean that's sometimes cheaper than the valet mm-hmm. valley's valley companies <laughs> don't all work off tips you guys i mean they they definitely charge yep as well so you gotta you gotta be a little bit careful what that might cost but kind of pack all that in you know and then you know outside of that you know when you're looking at look at your consignment and mm. and think about you know, again, maybe that one item that you're selling for five thousand dollars that's costing you forty five hundred, maybe find something else that's gonna cost you twenty five hundred and might sell for five thousand dollars. Right. And there's extra money. Oh yeah. You know, I think sometimes we lose we lose touch with what might be possible with mm-hmm. some of those consignment items. Or, look, I'm not here to tell you that you need to go find <laughs> Cousin Vinny to give you his, you know, Breckenridge condo again, but, you know, maybe try to get a little creative with some of the auction items that you get so you can try to reduce the cost of those. Yeah, definitely leverage your network first. Yeah. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. so. Get the but, freebies. Ask around. Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid to ask. If you give yourself more time, then you have time to kind of get through this, right? Mm-hmm. If everything's under the gun, then that's when things get expensive, right? Yeah. That's very true. Yeah. So we got to think about those things. Mm-hmm. So we covered a lot. We talked about uh, the guest experience mm-hmm. and how just being nice and creating an amazing <laughs> guest experience doesn't cost you anything. <laughs> and elevates the experience that <laughs> your really guests have. <laughs> it, is, it is absolutely so right on. It is like... It is words of wisdom. It is is it's brilliant advice because in so many cases we're all looking at what's on our P and L and we're not thinking about maybe we should just say hi at the door and thank them for coming, mm-hmm. or even you just know. schmooze the tables. Yep, sure. You know, yep. yes. So we talked about that. Um, we talked about maybe elevating or changing how the food works. Um, I, you know, I think a lot of people think a food truck is an, is kind of a downgrade. I'm telling you guys, it is no, not. It is not. They are fun. I mean, mm-hmm. and look, if you want to hide the food truck, fine. Just create stations, you know, but yes. do something where your guests get to roam. They get to mingle. They get to try things they want. They're not stuck at the seat because they leave anyway. And then you got an auctioneer trying to like wrestle them all together and shushing them and doing all this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's the stuff that downgrades offense. I like me. that about the stations. I, I have also been to one where they've had different stations instead of the actual truck. So that's definitely an option. And also what's nice about that is, and even with the food trucks, you can do this. It doesn't have to be a whole serving of everything. So if you have different kinds, it can be a half portion, let's say. Yeah. And people can go around and get little tastes from all those. A little tapa style. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. like that. It's I fun. I love that, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> 
Um, and then we talked about also parts of your event that maybe investing more in might actually generate more revenue. So maybe it's not an area that you should be concerned about the cost. You should be concerned about the, the profit. Mm-hmm. Maybe you should be concerned about the cost in the opposite way. Don't cheap out in these areas. Mobile bidding software is one. Live auctioneers are the other. Right? Yeah. And absolutely. then even creative things of saying, I'm just going to, I mean, we just com- completely countered ourselves by saying we're going to upgrade our venue, but we're doing so in a way that we feel like m- might actually make a difference. Other than that, get a cheaper band. <laughs> if you have buy it cheaper all. liquor. <laughs> Everybody gets drunk, like whether it's a five dollar beer or a two dollar and fifty cent beer. Right? right? No, yeah. just kidding. Everybody um, gets drunk. Um, no, I mean you. You all know also as you're thinking through your event, you know the areas you don't want to cheap out in. Right, and you're usually they're the areas that you think are the most critical to creating that experience. And then obviously we have our opinions on what areas we think actually make a difference. Um, you know, but combine those, think about it with your board, kind of put together your PNL and your thoughts. But don't always think that when you're looking at it and you're saying we want to net seventy five grand from this event or a hundred grand from this event, the only way I'm going to do that is by cutting costs. You need to look at what areas can generate more revenue and how do I drive how do I drive more sponsorships? How do I, you know, and you know, how do I drive more out of my live auction? I might take my auctioneer budget from a thousand bucks to three thousand bucks, but I'm expecting more than a three thousand dollar gain in my live. You know, model that. Well, and and let's remember that cheaper is not always better with ticket prices either. I've had people you know, try to lowball their ticket price thinking they'll get more people in the door and it kind of backfired on them. And to be honest, like make sure your ticket price, I mean, you were, in my opinion, should be covering the cost of the actual event and it everything should. above and beyond Yes, is gravy. That's your actual money you're making. So, you know, well, you really you need bring to be up smart. Is we ran into that, mm-hmm. right? So at our Derby event, I mean, we've, I mean, we've ran this event for 15 years. I can tell you, we've tried all various sorts of you know, things, put it that way. And one of them was we messed with the ticket price a lot. And what we came, you know, we had a lot of people saying, you got to lower the price. You got to lower the price. We're going to get more people in the door. And guess what we found? The people that paid the lowest ticket price, that's all they spent. Yeah, that's not the people They came for the free liquor and they drank and they watched the horse race and they left. Yeah. And so you have to, you know, understand that like once we raised our minimum ticket price up closer to $200, those people who are going to spend that kind of money are going to get interested in your silent auction. They're going to get interested in your live auction. They're going to get interested in your cause, you know, if they don't know it yet. So just think about that. Yeah, more bodies is not always better. It's not. And, and I think, you know, if you were thinking or planning a concert yeah. and said, we just want to go benefit concert and it's all about the concert and, oh, by the way, it's a fundraiser, mm-hmm. you can try that approach, right? That was hard for us to do because we ran a concert and we're like, our highest end tables are five grand. Our second highest tables are twenty five hundred, and then we go down to a thousand bucks. I mean, at that point, like, it's no longer about getting a thousand people in the door, right? So, but everybody has to make that decision on their own. But I think hundred percent agree that sometimes when you're looking at, um, you know, kind of the revenue side of things, and you're looking at your tickets. Ask yourself, if I lower this ticket from 150 to 100, am I going to get that many more people in the door? And honestly, if I get them in the door, am I going to get anything out of them? Mm -hmm. Are they just going to make the bar line longer? Mm -hmm. Right? Yep. 
Crazy. All right. <laughs> well, um, good luck in finding <laughs> areas of your event that you want to ra- lower the cost in. Uh, that will still here- elevate the event. Yes. Yes. It's not about yes. cutting costs. It's about elevating an event with a little bit of cost-cutting cu- measures or just yeah. wisdom mm-hmm. around yeah. it. Well, look, we're here to brainstorm with you. So if you guys have any questions about that, if you have any ideas or thoughts saying, hey, have you tried this? Um, reach out to us. You know, we'd be happy to kind of walk you through different scenarios and see what makes the most sense for you. But, um, you know, until then, you know, what we tell you guys is congratulations. I know this is hard. Um, I know that you probably are struggling annually trying to figure out ways to, to net more money out of these fundraisers. And we appreciate that. We do the same thing. You know, so um, hopefully these ideas were valuable to you. You can come up with others of your own. And so until next time, happy fundraising. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Elevate Your Event. A huge thank you to our guests for sharing their invaluable insights. If you enjoyed our show, please take a moment to leave us a review. You can find us on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Don't forget to subscribe for more great content. And if you're a fan of video, check us out on YouTube. Until next time, happy fundraising. Happy fundraising.